Hello. Hello, hello. Wow, change in environment. Look where I am. Yeah, wow, fancy. <laughs> this is Call my friend it. David. He will not say a word. <laughs> <laughs> uh, welcome back to Footnotes Podcast, episode twenty-nine. Wow. Wow. Twenty-nine. It's been it's been almost like three weeks. Yeah. Oh, since we had the last one. Yeah. Yes. I I know we had a kind of another unrecorded call with some of our other uh, classmates from before. Mm-hmm. But, you know, that doesn't count. And, you know, our, I'm sure our audience members were very eager, you know, very eager for a new episode. So I think we let them down a little bit, Paul. Yeah, I, consistency is definitely the, the way to win it in today's media, but we're trying our best. We're trying our best. Yeah, yeah. We will be better for you, our dear listeners. Our, our loyal fans. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. Jude, why don't you start us off here? What's been going on in your week? Oh, in my week? Um, I mean, the week started off. So last Saturday, Sunday was our tech week for the MacMed musical. Mm-hmm. That was 12 hour rehearsals times two. So, you know, 24 hours total of rehearsal over the weekend. And by now, this is my fifth year in a musical doing this kind of stuff. Like fourth year at the same theater. <laughs> <laughs> so you could call me a pro. Although I have realized that of all the five years I've been involved, not once have I been like taken any more responsibility than just being there. Um, you know, I, I was never a producer. Uh, never directed. I just played in band or uh, danced and distracted other people in the cast. Um, but that was, yeah, that was good to go back to. Um, the show is on Friday, Saturday, which is in two days. Um, and I and people are roasting me for not having changed my profile picture to the promo required promo picture. Uh, why is that, June? Uh, I've I've just forgotten. <laughs> oh. Yeah. I think that can be said about a lot of things in my life. <laughs> I think I just tend to neglect things. I have other more self-serving interests uh, that take precedence. Um, Would you like to share some of those? We're all interested in your secret, Jude. What's, what's keeping you so busy? Uh, my my deep personal secrets. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, I think it's it's something like if I can choose sleep, I will choose sleep. <laughs> That's kind of been my well go maybe for the past year or two. Mm. It's like as much self care as I can get, I will I will secure it, and if there are things that involve other people then I kind of brush it off to the side try to brush it or give it as a minimal attention as possible 
So like one example of that might be when I decided to post that video of like my upper year housemates, as we talked about on the last podcast eons ago. So, you know, I've, I've been paying a lot of attention to like what I eat. I got my like $250 stool sample analysis. I don't know if I told you about this. The results came yeah, back. Yeah. yeah, the results came yeah. back a few weeks ago. Um, so, you know, I do things like that. I pay a lot of attention to my diet. I try to get good exercise. I'm like, I've been really about me, 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 me. And, and you know, that, that's been great. Um, but maybe, maybe I've been neglecting some of my responsibilities maybe towards other people or a little bit neglectful of friends or, or people that are around me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, um, and, and I've, I'm also going to be taking the year off starting July. Right. So um, I don't know. There's this, there's been a kind of weird thought process like, Oh, these people in my class, I'm not going to see for a while. Mm. Like maybe I shouldn't give them like, I don't know, too much closeness <laughs> as, as weird as it sounds like, you know, why forge relationships more if I'm just going to leave? Yeah. You want to be free from your chains, you know, Is, yeah. isn't that like a big part of why you're doing this one year trip? Well, I mean, not, not necessarily. I, I don't think, freedom from uh, existing relationships was necessarily the purpose of the um, of the trip. But I'm realizing one of the consequences of the trip is that, you know, a lot of the kind of relationships I've forged with people um, might have to be sacrificed in some way. So like, I won't see my girlfriend for probably maybe four or five months. Uh, and like my they're close friends. I can still do footnotes podcast with you, but I probably won't see her, you know, in person. Um, I don't know, unless you're on a rural placement or something like this again. Yeah, unless you're in Stratford, of course. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. And so I think that's also gotten me thinking about like, why do connections like have to be like this? Like, I, I hate it. Like, I for a uh, like, couple of months or over the course of a year or something, I build, like, a really good relationship, a really good, like, like groove with someone. Mm-hmm. And then, I don't know, they change classes or um, they graduate and move far, far, far away. You know, that's just something I, I hate about the modern world. And it's just really being brought to my attention now that I'm preparing for my six month road trip starting in July. It's definitely like an added effort, right? I mean, welcome to the adult world, I guess. I don't know. Maybe it's uh, exclusive to cities. I don't know. It's something something about uh, Stratford. So I'm in a placement in Stratford for the week. Something that the physicians here say all the time is that they're so close to everyone, like mm-hmm. in proximity, but also, like, I guess, emotionally or socially. Yeah. Um, so that makes it easier. But I don't know. People who live in more, 
maybe busy, busier cities, busier lives. Tough to say that, but um, they have a harder time making time for these kind of things. And it's it, it's it's just that, right? It's just making that effort. Yeah, and yeah, it, I I think part of it too has to do with my personality, right? So I'm pretty high in openness and pretty agreeable. Mm -hmm. So I'll like associate and, and get along with lots of different people and make kind of like friendly banter with them. Um, but like, I'm also fairly high in neuroticism. So when those many, many people that I've connected with, like I don't see them and I'm like, oh, why? <laughs> that kind of sucks, I wanna see them more. And, mm -hmm. um, but maybe I bounce around too much from friend group to friend group to really form any uh, stable um, sources of relationship. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know. I, that, that's been something I've I've been struggling with. And, well, I mean, it, it sounds like a terrible problem right now. Too many friends. <laughs> too many, yeah. Oh, it's too popular. I mean, <laughs> you know, so like in the last year, I've been trying to really constrain my group of friends and like see who I'm really close to. But, mm -hmm. but then that just makes me realize that the friends that I like really appreciated and constrained down are like scattered all over the place. Mm -hmm. And so I don't know, my, my dream would be everyone should just like pick a place, all settle down and have kids and we should all live in like a nice little village <laughs> and uh, run a nice clinic, um, restaurant, social enterprise affair in the center of the village and mm -hmm. yeah, beautiful time. That would be a beautiful time. Yeah. Um, if you could just cultivate your own community. I, I feel like it's just um, a result of you specializing as a person, right? And you, you have so many different friend groups because different people uh, speak to different parts of who you are. And, and those specialized sort of niche aspects of you can only be understood and appreciated in these different contexts. Um, I feel that a lot too. Um, so I'm, uh, I'm ever more grateful when I do hang out with friends who, you know, I don't always, I don't always see from the day to day, but that I still get to spend quality time with when I actually, you know, meet with them. And, and I, I think it's that act of being, of sort of living in the moment when you're with these people you haven't like seen or talked to in a while, um, that really helps to prolong that relationship, even if, you know, you don't have a sustained uh, interaction with them on the day to day. So really appreciating those moments is, I think, really key. And I don't know, I'd say it's a part of growing up, but maybe some people have a different experience. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I, I do agree that, like, those little interaction and encounters, like, really help keep me afloat. So mm -hmm. for example, like, I was feeling I was starting to feel pretty lonely after dinner, like especially in my sublet too. Like there's no one else I know living with me. 
So I just decided to go to the gym. And on the bus, I run into, you know, um, two, two younger year health size that I haven't seen in a long time. It's great to see them. And then I talk to them. And then, you know, I say bye and, and then go to the gym. And then I see a friend of mine who I've known for like, like who I met like seven, eight years ago doing orchestra together. And then he's just in the gym. So we get to catch up a little bit. So, you know, those kind of interactions really do help me like stay afloat. And, um, and, and you're, I think what something you said that was really interesting was that they speak to different niches of you, of different dimensions of your personality that, I don't know, only they have an access to. Um, but, but at the same time, like while I do value those like moment to moment interactions, I do wish there would be something uh, something deeper, something more more full, right? Because it, it's great that different people can understand different niches about my personality and who I am. Um, but it's, I think it's also valuable to have a number of people who understand uh, many or even most of the elements of you um, and and accept all those different elements of you as you um, that you are in, let's say, not constant, but really frequent contact with in your day-to-day -day life. Um, and, and that's something I think I really miss and, and something probably I think like our ancestors did for like hundreds of thousands of years. Like you, you were with your tribe, or if you're alone, you died. So uh, I don't know if there's a workaround. I'm curious too if those uh, sort of older tribes and communities actually did succeed in in that. You know, sometimes having diversity of experiences and perspectives is actually what allows people to understand each other. Maybe you know, two people who share the same experience but who have different personalities, different natures, um, they'll have very different interpretations of, of what they're going through and that would actually cause more clashing. So there's pros and cons, I think, um, but it, it's very valuable when, when you find someone who can understand you know, a lot of who you are and, and the different aspects and niches that you hold. Um, so treasure that, I suppose. Take advantage too. Yeah, and um, I'll be making sure that I live in pretty close proximity. <laughs> <laughs> that helps. I will. I will force them. <laughs> <laughs> but so, so going off this like theme of loneliness mm -hmm. last night. Probably after, so after the workout, I came home and uh, you know I, I had those few interactions. Like, yeah, I was feeling better, and then I tried to sleep. Then I think it was it was partially or or mainly because like I hadn't worked out in a pretty long time or at least pushed myself pretty hard, and so I was pretty physically exhausted. And I I think 
if you're just physically exhausted, you're more prone to something like your emotions get amplified. But I was just sitting in bed and I, and I, or I was lying in bed and I couldn't sleep. I felt very lonely. So I was like, oh, what's going on? Why is this happening? Like, blah, blah, blah. Um, and, but what I ended up doing was I ended up watching some YouTube videos. So for, uh, so I watched that loneliness video by Kurtzagost. Kurtzagost, yeah, the, the one that you recommended. It's really well animated. Mm-hmm. Uh, I watched another one by another content creator. I think his name is Matt Davala or something. Uh, he's been on a lot of people's YouTube recommendations. He's been trending. Uh, he had also an interview with um, some guy who had spent like three years uh, researching loneliness and speaking to like experts and communities all around the world. Uh, and the last video I watched was kind of more off in the spiritual, uh, emotional direction uh, with this, um, let's say, spiritual speaker woman. I don't, I don't remember her name, but she also had a talk on uh, loneliness and Eventually, by two, I, I, I fell asleep. I was like, wow, I, I learned a lot. <laughs> but one of the interesting things that she said was, uh, the, this is a spiritual lady, that, that the fundamental, the, the root cause of loneliness and the pain of loneliness is caused by fragmentation. Um, and specifically she was referring to a kind of inner fragmentation um, and that inner fragmentation being reflected in the wider world as well as fragmented and isolated people um and i think that you know rings really closely with what you said about the different niches of your personality um and it's I think the point that she was trying to make was that the degree to which you feel lonely is also is correlated with the degree to which, you know, you aren't whole as a person or or there's elements of your personality that let's say aren't being accepted, that aren't being seen um, by other people and recognized just by, by you and by other people. Um, and that when these elements of your personality have a chance to really come together in, in a coherent whole, um, then that's when, let's say, that that's the solution or, or that's the way to healing. And at the root of it, that's what healing is. What was once fragmented becomes whole again, like becomes integrated. And so, you know, I like that. That's a it's a strange idea, um, and it's hard hard to work through. It's easy to understand on a conceptual level, but hard to work through and like how that might play out in real life. Um, but I, I think I could try to work through an example. So, like I I have many different elements of my personality that aren't being recognized at all times, but, and when they 
do and when they are recognized they are by like very different people right so like the part of me that like wants to go out and dance and um like maybe go to a club go to a party like those elements of my personality were recognized by you know certain subsection of my friends um but like i have a whole other brand of my personality that's like more quiet and reserved and like likes like i don't know more calm calmer conversations and i have those interactions i only have with um, another subset of people um, and to both subsets of people the the flip side of my personality is something that they see as unacceptable or or that they see as like weird or or see as I don't know why are you doing that like no, that's, that's not good you know like for example I, I I feel that I can't discuss like clubbing or like marijuana with my Korean friends because they have very strong associations or like biases against those mm -hmm. and so like so that leaves me feeling a little fragmented right like it would be great if I could be my whole self at all times and, and not have to pretend to be only one side of myself mm -hmm. uh, because I, you know, that, that might be something like psychologically taxing. Um, but I could imagine that if I could better integrate so different areas of my personality, and, and at the same time I'm doing that, the, the reflection of that would be happening in this like outside world, or they would be both part of the same process, right? The, the process of me like finding a, or integrating my group of friends um, who are into very different things um, and having all of them accept like all the different parts of my personality, that would be while that's happening, psychologically, a similar thing would be happening where I um, come to terms with and accept different parts of my personality and, and try to integrate them. Mm -hmm. So so I think that's something like the direction I need to go towards. Um, and maybe if I could prescribe myself like an action or, or something to aspire to is that to the extent that I can, I should always try to be my like whole true self to people um, and and i think what that will do is I, I think that's the way you will find the people who will accept whatever you are presenting you know it, it's easy to play a certain role to fit other people's um, demands or expectations. Um, but the price you pay for that is a kind of internal fragmentation and, and you know, a sense of not being fully accepted by those people who have those expectations. Hmm. That's really interesting. and. I wonder if this is 
a problem that a lot of people face or if it's just people who perhaps have like a broader range of uh, malady niches. We got to find a better word for that. Um, I don't know, different, different faces. Yeah. Um, Pers different personas. Different yeah. personas, different roles maybe. Um, I find that, you know, that can actually also be very invigorating. Um, it's when like, you know, you, you, you act one, one way, you're one persona for a while, and then you get sort of like sick of that persona and you can flip to another one and, and find new, like a new breath of life sort of thing. Um, that's what helped a lot with the, with the musical in, in undergrad is, you know, I, I spend five or so hours being this like, more hyped up, uh, music, music loving, sort of dance loving, um, you know, actor, whatever. And then that lets me go back to being, you know, more, more of this, what an academic or like more boring, I suppose, or more dull uh, sort of persona, but an important one for my, for my career um, for the rest of the week. So I, I think there's definitely a role in having those different personas and finding utility in that and not just finding it to be, um, I guess, fragment, making you feel fragmented. I, I do understand where you're coming from. And, and there, there are moments where sometimes things are just really off and you, and you want to be one persona when you're with people who are the complete opposite. And then you find that you're sort of like a step behind always. And you're, you're never the persona you need to be, or the people around you are not, are not um, compatible with the persona you're trying to be at the moment. Um, and those are tough times. And, and those are often times when you, when you do feel socially isolated, when you do feel lonely because you don't feel validated by the people around you. Um, so those are tough. And I wonder if the solution to that is just to always come back to yourself uh, and to try to, I guess, integrate, integrate those personas in your own sort of individualistic way without having to rely on the validations of others. And of course, that is probably one of the most difficult things to do because you're dealing with the immensity of your own consciousness and you're trying to grapple with all these different facets of your personality at once where, you know, most of the time as human beings just act out in, in drama, different small personas at a time in, in sort of manageable pieces, trying to incorporate all those roles at once is, is definitely a difficult task. Um, I, I do find that though, like theater is such a great way to express these different, uh, different personas that you might have and, and to sort of play with these different, um, different roles um, and express them in, in a safe environment. And, you know, people wouldn't judge because you're just, you're just acting, you're just, you're just playing. Um, so maybe engaging more with that could help you integrate more of your personas, just having more experience with the different expressions. And yeah, I think that's a really good point about, about playing, about playing different roles. I mean, role play, mm -hmm. like, like there, there is something liberating about 
theater and being able to act different roles and then not really have to be conscious or self too self-conscious about it. You know, I think that's something you know a little bit more about because I, I think you have more acting experience. For me, like, I don't think theater has ever been a source of like genuine expression or maybe I never got to that stage where I could just play a persona um, or, or maybe do it well or, or um, with a lot of energy or give it a lot of energy. Um, so I don't know, how do you, how do you add that in like in your daily life? Like, because, you know, as, as a doctor, you have expect, you know, maybe more rigid expectations than others about um, what you're supposed to be like, what your interest range of interest can be like, what your like, you know, acceptable wants and desires and uh, thoughts should be, or or at least that's what I feel as though, um, you know, there's a certain range and conduct that your patients expect of you. And if you're playing this role, especially in residency, like, let's say, I don't know, 14, 15 hours a day at, at some points, then I, I could imagine, like, well, that would be so immensely taxing on your, like, psyche if you have to be that one thing. You, you can't express the other parts of you. So, yeah, how do you... <laughs> How do you work around that? From from what I've experienced, I guess, with observerships and stuff, like a lot of the doctors that I shadow do have sort of a uniform personality or, or persona that they that they take on. But when I'm interacting with patients and also with the, the doctor that I'm shadowing or my colleagues, I definitely use different faces. Like I, I act differently. Um, I tend to get along with different people in different ways. So, for example, you know, I'm really good with, like, senior citizens because from from day one, Korean parents have taught me to respect elders, and it, it's very easy for me and natural for me to uh, talk with them and mostly let them talk to me and just listen kind of thing. Um, but that's a totally different approach that I would take with, like, a pediatric population where, you know, they need a lot of prompting and, and they need a lot of like expressive, you know, facial expressions and and like vocalization uh, to get them engaged, right? So I, I think what we need to keep in mind is that we can still incorporate that that aspect of play into into our, even our work lives, right? And maybe this is like a shout out to Hartley Jafin. Um, that you know it, it's not separate play and work don't don't have to be separate that uh, we're always in this sort of uh, state where we can keep learning and growing by engaging with these different personas and, and trying to figure out what works best for different people um i i have always admired you know physicians who were very stable very like you know this is how we do things like this is like very factual or like very objective. Um, but then I sometimes see them interacting with some patients and and they're not very receptive towards that. It, you know, they, they feel like it's sort of cold or 
sort of, um, you know, not as empathetic, let's say. Um, and I notice it. I can see, that in their, see it in their expression. So paying attention to how other people react to these different the characters uh, has really helped me, um, has really informed what might be best for each individual. So I, I kind of just have fun with it, I suppose. Not that I've had a large amount of experience, but I could definitely see ways in which uh, I, I can, you know, you just have to deviate from your doctor persona a little bit one way or the other, just right. a little, just playing, testing boundaries and seeing what you can get away with or seeing what works. Yeah. I think that's the best way because we're going to be so busy and we're going to be at work for most of our lives anyway, so. Right. So you, you have to have, yeah, I think it's, maybe it's something, keeping something like a childlike spirit of, of play and exploration, like in your work or your life. You know, I don't, I don't know if I've been the best at doing that. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, and I think the the thing with doing that is that you take on risk when you decide to play. And I I don't know I don't know how kids do it. I mean, they just do because maybe maybe it's just because of ignorance and uh, ignorance of social consequences and uh, you know yeah. kind of social barriers aren't ingrained into your uh, brain. Um, so you're much more fearless in that way. And and acceptance by people who see it because it's like, oh, he's just being, right. he's being a kid. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, and, and I think about when, like how, how many times have I, you know, seen like the people I was close to or like when I'm hanging out with my girlfriend and, and they'll be like, I, I think I noticed a lot that like when they do something in public and like my social awareness radar is going on like, oh, I don't think you should be saying that or like, oh, it's like too loud or, uh, you, you know, maybe, maybe I've been too too socially cognizant and that's been impeding my ability to like just just play and and take more risks in your uh, interactions with people um because you know that's that's one way to play out a play and try out different personas um i don't know maybe maybe i need acting exercises for life <laughs> Yeah, and, and something that my my dad taught me like a week ago <laughs> when he was uh, we have like life talks once a year. So this is the life talk of the year. Um, it's uh, it's to basically use minimal necessary force uh, when deciding what is what you're willing to tolerate. Uh -huh. um, so like draw a line things that you're not willing to compromise, values that you think are so important that you'll never, you know, compromise them. But like keep it as minimal as possible so that you have this space to be 
open, to be free, to be flexible. And he ta he talked about it in the context of relationships and finding someone, like finding a wife or someone to spend the rest of your life with. Um, but I, I think it applies to a lot of different things is, you know, decide what's really, really important. Try to narrow that down as much as possible so that you have a lot of flexibility in terms of um, what, what you can play around with. Because really, like, because there's so many people out there and so many subjective experiences, like, what is right and what is valuable can always change, right? So you just need enough to give you purpose and direction. But beyond that, like, it's good to be open to suggestion and, and play. Yeah. I mean, and, and I feel like, you know, through these kind of conversations, we've been trying to figure out like, well, what, it is, what is it that I value? Like, what is it that I uh, won't compromise on? And, you know, that other things are worth sacrificing towards. <laughs> I don't know, maybe I, I still haven't figured it out, but, um, okay. but I'm, you know, I, I think this conversation is orienting me a little towards being playful and, and being and expressing more of my whole self rather than just a limited persona. Um, and so, you know, I think through the, let's say, the Song of Ontario project, you know, I, I hope I can, you know, get back to writing because I think that's something I really enjoyed at the beginning of fourth year, kind of fell off. You know, I'll continue to have these conversations and, um, I'll try expressing different things in music or like making a video, you know, one of my goals is to make a video on BTS because, <laughs> you know, I think that's like such a unbelievable social phenomena happening right now. And then the craziest thing is like people who aren't aware of it are just completely unaware of it. So, you know, maybe that also speaks to a kind of, uh, fragmentation and, and diversity mm -hmm. uh, and a gap that we haven't really been able to bridge. Yeah. So, you know, this, I'm, I'm, uh, I've come to a more hopeful sense of uh, the future. Great. Yeah, and great, great, great therapy session, Paul. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes it ends up being one of us being the therapist for the others. Um, which is always valuable. Hopefully people can get something from it. Um, fortunately, though, I, I think I have to end it there. It's a bit of a short one, um, but for the sake of, of David, um, <laughs> it might be good to, to close off. So at least on a hopeful note. All right. Yeah, that was a good conversation. I will hopefully see you next week maybe yeah. in, in a couple of days maybe in person oh yes yeah that'd be great all right Alrighty, then. goodbye peace